Hello and welcome to the All Blaze No Glory podcast to a familiar uh, voice um, and face, uh, Kenny Collins, who's been on the YouTube chat. How are you doing, Kenny? Very well, Rambo. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Now, this will confuse- congratulations on getting the uh, the actual podcast up and running. Nice to be wedding present. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and incidentally, I didn't realise. I think I did actually manage to put our one out as a podcast before. On, uh, but it was only on Podbean, so it wasn't on anything else. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, uh, but um, I'm now on Acast, um, and a wedding present from my, my lovely wife was to buy me a subscription, presumably to keep me out of her hair um, for extended periods of time. Uh, <laughs> it's a win win for everyone. It's a win win for everyone. Um, so, thanks for coming on, Kenny. We're going to talk some. Uh, some NFL. Now, for anyone who's new at the podcast or All Blaze No Glory, Kenny's calling me Rambo. Don't be alarmed. It's not a new person with the exact same voice. I have several monikers. Um, uh, so uh, this the Rambo is my ice hockey moniker normally. Um, so uh, that's why you'll hear certain people who come on as guests calling me that. Um, so, uh, Kenny, um, it's been a lot of news, worthy things going on in the NFL recently. Um and have you been keeping track of, of that in the preseason so far, or are you just waiting for the season to start? I have dipped in in about the past three weeks. Uh, I took a bit of a break from the news frenzy and and all the kind of the off-season stuff. And I've, I've just the past couple of weeks started to immerse myself back into it with the, the headlines and the movements. So um, it's, be, it's been all go this season or off-season. Yeah, yeah, it certainly has. Um, now, obviously, uh, I think one of the biggest news articles of the of the off season or things that didn't seem like it was ever going to go away um, was the the Deshaun Watson saga. First, it was where is he going to end up end up getting traded to, and then second, um, was he going to get suspended? How much was he going to get suspended? Um, what, what, what's your thoughts on the on the Deshaun Watson situation? Uh, well, I, I mean, I don't want to get into the, the legality of it. I think that's kind of run its course. Um, the fr- From a legal point of view, uh, decisions have been made and we need to respect those decisions. Whether we feel that they're right or wrong, um, I don't necessarily me, uh, well, I think me, one random guy from, from Fife, my opinion really counts towards it. Um, so I'll leave that off the pod. Um, but obviously it was down to a civil case, which has now been settled with the NFL and a trade happened. Um, it wasn't where I I felt that he wasn't going to go to one of the, and people will hate me for this, but one of the major clubs, um, it would need to be somebody that was either desperate for a quarterback that was willing to take the potential media hit on it uh, or somebody that was just growing and was actually looking for some media attention and using to, you know, potentially using that storyline to, to piggyback off it. Now, obviously he went to the Browns, um, which didn't surprise me at all. Um, it was going to be one of maybe three or four clubs that fitted the bill for that. And the Browns was a, a, a definite landing spot for him. Now, obviously that caused a little bit of um, 
controversy, controversy with um, Baker Mayfield as well, and we can get into that in a little bit if you want. I thought the club that he was going to as well was going to have to know that something league-wide, you know, from a, a league point of view, rather than a legal point of view, uh, was going to come from it. And I think it was decided that it was going to be two games with no fine, which then went to an arbitration and has now been increased to 11 games and a $5 million fine. That's right. It was, Forgive uh, me if I'm wrong on those figures. Slightly wrong. Um, it, I'm not entirely sure at what stage, but there was a, a judge, Judge Sue Robinson, might be the only American judge I know the name of, because um, she she handed down a six-game suspension, which a lot of people thought was with no fine. And quoting a lot of his conduct, if you will, was non-violent. Um, and then she... Uh, she said that the NFL has to be careful because they're essentially they're not looking at precedent. They're basically looking at their their own feelings on the Sean Watson, um, and then um, and then the NFL have a strange appeals process where essentially Goodell or one of his nominees can decide how best to do it. And I think they came down on some kind of middle ground because the league wanted him to be indefinitely suspended, but at least a year. And I think they've sort of agreed to settle. And my thing thoughts on it settling are if you find him, if you suspend him for a year, he's probably going to drag this out in federal court. Whereas if you kind of get a middle ground and and I think they actually settled on this before the appeal hearing and, and give him 11 games, as much as it doesn't, it, it leaves a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths, and it leaves a bitter taste in my mouth because I feel really uneasy about what he's what he's done, and and not just what he's done, but what he's how he's reacted to what he's done because he seems to be belittling that type of conduct. Um, whether yeah. you accept he's definitely done it or not, it's the way he's reacted to. It. He's not tried to come out ahead of this. He's just tried to say, just tried to basically. Sweep under the carpet. Sweep under the carpet and, and essentially downplay that type of behaviour, which is the bit yeah. that makes me feel the most uneasy. Um, but I think the league, the league have taken a, a, a pragmatic view on it and essentially their lawyers have probably said, look, do this and it'll stop it. It'll make it go away or make this make the narrative go away. And I think that's... Yeah, I, I, going, going back to the sweeping under the, the carpet analogy, I think I feel it's the, the league that are now doing that as opposed to Deshaun Watson are doing that. The league have got saying, look, we, we, we've got what we can out of him. Now let, let's make it go away. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, anyway... Just I one, one quick question on that, Rambo. The, the fine. It's $5 million when he's just signed a $230 million contract. That is not even a pebble in the ocean. Well, what, like- I, What's your feelings on the point of it? If it, was an, if it was just a streak, 11 games with no fine, right, okay. If it was 11 games with $50 million, I could see that. What's the point in the $5 million? I just don't see uh- it. I, I, I don't know, but it's it's the same with, I think there's probably some kind of maximum fine in terms of their collective bargaining agreement in much the same way as the NHL have got some ridiculously low fine for, you'll you remember a, a, 
Oh, the, for a five grand fine for a boarding call, was it? Or a hit from behind? It, it was the one where, like, Ovi speared someone in the nuts. and um, That was it. Yeah, and he got, like, a $5,000 fine, which is, I mean, that's, I know this sounds thingy, but that's not even, you know, a couple of months wages for us, and we're not mega millionaires. So, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm not I'm not downplaying it. It would hurt like hell if we got a $5,000 fine, but for for someone like Ovechkin, what's the point in it, as you say? Yeah, no, I um, totally agree with you. And, and, and with, with, I suppose with Deshaun Watson, $5 million is not a lot of money to him necessarily in terms of his contract, but $5 million might be a lot to people that the NHL, the, the NHL, the NFL may have to support or settle with. Because Late, of, later in life, like like further so down the road. I suppose yeah. in a way it's a, again it's a pragmatic approach. If he got fifty million, if it was fifty million, would be, they would have found themselves in federal court. There's five million. Well, we've got five million. We've drawn a line under on the sand now, and essentially we're not going to end up in in federal court arguing over this for for months on end. I, I don't. I used to be a bit of a Browns. Uh, Browns fanboy, I'm a Rams fan, but you would know I was quite, I was quite soft in the Browns right now, but uh, before, but I, I can't bring myself to want them to do well. Absolutely not. <laughs> and and I feel bad because I quite like Stefanski as a coach, and and you know even as problematic as he's been, Miles Garrett's, a, you know he's a great player, and and Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the league, but I, I can't, I just can't bring myself to root for those that team anymore um, yeah so well i'm i'm kind of the same with like the if you're looking at just quickly that dipping into the browns and who they've got you, i quite like kareem hunt i like a storyline with uh, jacoby Brissett, and i think without going into too many details you you'll know why from the podcast that we listen to mm-hmm. i'd love them you know i'd love that team to do well but from a front office and back management point of view, I uh, I get why a certain Mark Tesla has just gone, nah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm I kind of feel the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I, anyway, I don't want to be all doom and gloom on this, but absolutely guess, not. No, I guess the I guess the, the the final the final point I would say, and the best outcome for this season in terms of as as NFL fans is. Well, for me, who's had a bit of a soft spot for the Browns, they were kind of my second or third team. But the best outcome, <laughs> best outcome for me is that if they are going to light up this year, Jacoby Brissett lights it up and Stefanski benches Watson when he becomes eligible to play. <laughs> but we'll see that when well, it happens. <laughs> we'll see that when it happens, but then it also kind of... If that did happen, it would bring to light, well, was Stefanski in the conversation when the trade was happening? Did I, he ever want him? I don't think so. I, I don't think... I, I, I think there's been some form of conversation, but I think it's been more a case of you've been told. because no, th- This is coach, happening. Yeah, as a coach, this is a lose. It's a... It's, a, it's, a, it's got very, very um, uh, small margin for error on his part. If he doesn't light up with Watson when Watson comes back for a full season. He's fired and potentially a pariah in the league. And that was brought up in the, um, the Around the NFL podcast. Um, and if he does win with Watson, 
people are going to question whether he's just winning because of because of Watson. Goal. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think he's in a I don't think he's in a position where he's going to come out of this looking uh, smelling like a bag of roses. Um, but um, hey ho. Anyway, I think we should move on from Deshaun Watson because people are probably fed up hearing about it. But I just wanted to get your views since we haven't talked in a while. Um, and I decided to do something a bit different this year because last year we tried to go round the divisions. It took forever. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and we didn't get there. So I figured it's it's almost fantasy drafting season. Um, it will be probably when this podcast comes out on Monday. Well, we we the league that I'm in, we actually did ours on Sunday past. Oh, well, that's early because that's so. It was. It was just. It was convenient for as many people as we could get it, um, so there wasn't people missing out and having to go into auto picks. So um, we we've already done ours. So that's uh, yeah, that's fair. You got you got a keeper league, Kenny? No, uh, what a dynasty league? Uh, yeah, no straight draft here. every year. Um, yeah. I am considering. Uh, proposing that to to the guys and girls that we we play with, I think it would be it would bring a new light to um, the the draft process as well as um, just just a little bit of fun towards it. Seeing what uh, you know, front of house need to do uh, from a, a keeping people point of view, and and it would make trades a lot more interesting rather than just saying, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get them next year." Yeah, um, uh, yeah, because trades you you got to think about whether that player is worth, you know, if they've we've had a bit of a bad season while they rebound. Well, also, yeah, will they bounce back? Yeah. Also, uh, I I I win one keeper league and one straight draft league, and I quite like I quite like the difference of the two. Yeah. Um, because the keeper league is quite good because you you can trade draft pick you can, trading draft picks means more. Yeah, as well to, to to you know to bump up um in that and, and we had that in the, the NHL league I was in as well so I do quite like that but equally it's quite good to get a clean slate because you got someone who's been in the league longer than you they've accumulated more assets so potentially they're going to have a better team and those players never become available for you to win your league with so um anyway uh that was a, a little bit of an aside but um First off, I think what we want to talk about is go through the position groups, the main position groups of, of the fantasy drafts and, and the fantasy season. Talk about who we think are the players that are going to get you the most points, essentially. Any any little sleepers that we may have or little quirks that we've got and uh, and, and look at it from that. So it's your quarterback, your running back, your wide receiver, your tight end group, your kicker and your defence, because no one liked my idea of playing a league with positional players in defence. They hated it. So we're not doing that. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd i like to do that, but I think it's, for me, the fantasy, I, I, I love doing it. Genuinely love it. Mm-hmm. But I would still say I'm dipping my toe in the water um, from a, an actual, you know, I, I can talk about the players. I can talk about, um, who they're with, who should be getting points, but when it comes to them actually scoring the points, it doesn't seem necessarily to be my forte. But it uh, doesn't stop me talking about it. Yeah, yeah, and um, and sometimes it's really odd because I find it odd that sometimes you get like a wide receiver who's really good, but they've got a rubbish quarterback and a rubbish team. So yes, uh, and there's going to be potentially a lot of that, or or flip side of that where they're not that great or haven't had that. Uh, but because of the quarterback moves and a lot of wide receiver moves this offseason, it's spicing things up a little bit, which has made uh, 
this this year's draft or prospect of draft if you've not had your draft yet. It makes it really quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's start with the quarterback position, Kenny. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna come up right at the gate and tell you in my keeper league, I have kept Justin Herbert. Um I think that's a fair shout. <laughs> it's the only person I've kept actually, because um I I didn't have a great running back. I kept them the year before. I can't even remember who it is now. That's how not very good they were. Um, but Justin Herbert is uh, is is for me one of the premier talents. But who, who have you got? Who would you back in your in your drafting league? Who who is it you sought the most for quarterback? Um, I mean, if I I said to myself, I am not drafting a quarterback before the fifth round this this year. Because I've done it in the third and the fourth the past couple of years, and I've got a decent quarterback out of it. I mean, I had Aaron Rodgers last year, the year before. Um, I think I had Patrick Mahomes, and then the year before that, I had uh, Russell Wilson. So, oh no, sorry, it wasn't Russell Wilson the year before. Uh, Kyler Murray was in there somewhere anyway. So, all good, good quarterbacks, but I took them second or third round to sort of thinking I'm going to get them, and then I fell off when it came to the wide receivers and the running backs because they'd all been taken in the second and third rounds where everybody else was taking their quarterbacks in the fourth or fifth. So I said to myself, I am not drafting a quarterback before. The f- I think I, I drafted them in a fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, QB1, if he's there when you want him, and the emphasis on when you want him, it has to be Josh Allen. Um, I mean, he is uh, almost like quad threat quarterback these days. He can run, he can throw, he can be, well, he's, he's proven he can catch and he's big enough that he can block if there's a, a trick play in there. Now, a lot of people wouldn't want that, obviously, but he's a big enough guy that he could even just bump a guy to make a play. So from a fantasy point of view, obviously that's not going to come into play, but from what we are looking at, he can run, he can throw. So he's going to get, you know, even if he does get a reception, if, if it's a, a, a points per reception league you're, you're playing, there's a potential for more points there. So for me, QB1, definitely Josh Allen. Um, after that, there's a lot of people that are, yep, he's good. He's going to score me a lot of points. But where do you? It's all about where do you want to draft your quarterback. You've got Herbert, you've got Mahomes, you've got Murray, you've got Jackson, you've got Jalen Hurts, you've got the potential for Russell Wilson this year as well. On arguably a better team than he was on last year, he's definitely going to have more opportunities to throw the ball. Um, because when we all know his coach last year, liked him to throw the ball what twelve times a game. <laughs> so, but then if you're going even deeper into it, you've got Joe Burrow. Yes, he's questionable from an injury point of view. Um, I think there was something came out they actually had a ruptured uh, appendix as opposed to just appendicitis. You've got Matthew Stafford coming back from an injury. You've got Jameis Winston being given the reins now. All of those quarterbacks are going to give you points. Is having the quarterback the best thing in, in a, a, a points per reception league? Probably not. Yeah. So get for me having a top tier quarterback is a, a massive bonus, but it's not the be all and end all, and it wasn't for me. Now, in my 
um, draft this year. I actually took two quarterbacks, but one of them, and I hope, I'm, I'm sure somebody will end up what, uh, listening to this or watching it. Um, I took two, one in the fifth, and I think one in the, so it was a 17 round draft, maybe in the 14th round. I took uh, Rogers, and then I took Stafford, but I took Stafford as a potential trade. I was trying to play the long game on it. Now he's not going to do me anything at the moment because he is, you know, he's questionable. They're not sure how he's going to come back. He might be good trade stock. And Rogers buys not until week fourteen, so I've got time. Yeah. So for me, I went for two. A lot of people were to get in the extra receiver, the extra tight end, or the extra running back. I went for the extra um, quarterback. You'll need one at some point. You'll need a second quarterback because of a bye week. And it's not a bad one to have, having Stafford. No, no. Um, my, my sleeper um, for this, and I, I think I think people sleep, well, some people sleep on this. I think um, J- Jalen Hurts is uh, is one that could, could really, I mean, last year was kind of weirdly awful um, in terms of throwing stats, but great in fantasy because he runs so much. Yep. So running quarterbacks, I think... Um, yeah, or or in a way, you get more points for running, and certainly in the league's I'm in, than you do for throwing because you get more points per you get you know a point per yard when you're running, whereas you get yep. you know as a point four per yard if you're throwing. So, um, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts could be could be a good QB two if you want to draft a QB two, um, and and you're wanting to draft a QB two right at the end when everybody's taking all the other you know, exactly other, other, the, the the big boys. Um, so let's move on from quarterbacks. What about um, what about running backs? Now, obviously, I mentioned Nick Chubb um, there. Um, anyone, anyone else? I mean, there's McCaffrey and Kamara. And, and Jonathan Taylor would be number one for me. I I, I didn't get him, but um, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, McCaffrey. People are still quite high on uh, Derek Henry. Um, he's going relatively high in a lot of the mock drafts at the moment. My worry is injury because of the workload that he's had for the past couple of years. Um, you've got Nick Chubb. One that came up in the ATM podcast that we both listened to that I completely agreed with their take was Leonard Fournette. I would not be putting a toe anywhere near him. Um, I just don't think he ha- is the fit anymore. I don't think he's fit enough because obviously he's getting on a little bit in age for the position that he plays. He's not got the workload anymore. Um, Dalvin Cook, I think, could have a good year this year. Um, alongside Cousins, I think Cousins is maybe settling into um, that offense a little bit more in Minnesota with uh, you know, Thielen's drop down. Uh, I know we're not into wide receivers yet, but he's dropped down his draft stock a little bit more. Um, read an article, I think it was today actually, um, about Saquon Barkley and uh, oh, Detroit, not Detroit, sorry, Dallas, Zeke. Mm-hmm. Um, that again, they're going to be getting the carries but are they really going to be getting 
fantasy numbers. They might produce, you know, get the third down. Uh, sorry, get the first down on third. But are they going to be putting up the yardage numbers that fantasy are going to um, fantasy owners are going to want? I I just don't know. Yeah, there's one more player that I throw in that mix, and it's largely because of where he's play, where he plays. Um, but DeAndre Swift, I think, is a good sleeper pick. Um, he's in Detroit. Uh, let's been be watching hard knocks. I haven't actually. Uh, I don't. I've never watched the full season of Hard Knocks yet. I, I really ought to. Um, but it always there's by other things when it start when it's on. Episode two of Hard Knocks this year um, that kind of digs in a little bit under Andre Swift, and I totally, totally agree with you. Um, for you to say that without watching Hard Knocks kind of backs what they are saying as well. Oh, do, you, do you want to know what's kind of sad? I'm on this like weird ergonomic computer computer chair that that Lindsay has um, and um, I fell asleep on it um, in the first week of preseason because I specifically targeted watching the Detroit Lions game um, largely because I wanted to see how the Detroit Lions were this season I know that preseason is not real but in terms of showing you how everybody is um, but also uh, just um, just because I wanted to see how um, is it Calvin Ridley the, the quarterback that they drafted and um, the, the Falcons drafted to be behind Mariota, how they did. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see what he was like because he kind of fascinated me with the write-ups on him. And, I wanted to, and he, he actually ended up throwing this amazing pass to win the game in the last, you know, in the last play, basically. Um, but just seeing DeAndre Swift for one series, he just looked quite sharp. And I just think he's going to get more and more carries. The offense is going to be better. Um, and I just think I think he I think he could blow up the season. So I mean, um, so, I wouldn't say so I would draft they, him top, but I would certainly consider draft him in the in the mid to later rounds um, if he's available. Well, I mean, he's he's certainly top ten running backs in the league from a fantasy point of view. Um, a lot of a lot of people are taking him. Uh, a lot of people are taking Aaron Jones uh, and Javante Williams in Denver. Um, I, I I do expect but fairly big things from him this year. Um, obviously, you got. Wilson there now, you've got uh, Cortland Sutton, you've got a couple of other really good receivers, Jerry Judy. They're, they're going to be able to spread the ball out, which will then lead to good running opportunities. Um, so I think there could be fairly good numbers coming out of coming out of Denver this year. Cool, cool. Let's move on to wide receivers. Um, last year, I thought it was been really smart and I drafted uh, Devontae Smith really, really early, um, thinking he is going to blow up because he used to play stepping at running back and things like that for Alabama. And he had a really slow start to the season, um, and I kind of almost gave up on him, but I didn't keep him until the end of the season. But I don't know if he's going to be a candidate that's going to, as they say, make the leap, take a jump forward. Um, But... Beyond that, wide receivers, I mean, you've got your obvious ones, Cooper Cup, um, uh, and and the uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of Devontae Adams. Um Well the thing is he's got a new quarterback now, uh with Derek Carr. So um but apparently they've got very good chemistry already. Uh the the, the uh, reports coming out of, of Vegas are very strong. Now obviously it's preseason, they're going to be. It's either kind of hit or hit or miss for a lot of a lot of people 
in pre-season reports, but there are there's there's been a lot of talk of the the chemistry that Devontae Adams and Derek Carr have. So yeah, I I, I think that's a a strong shout. Anybody else? Um, well, I, I, not to come across the total Rams homer, but I do think Robbie Anderson's going to have a big year this year. Uh, with Cooper Cup. With Cooper Cup, I think that Cooper he's going to get more single coverage than he's ever got. Um, and because uh, Cup's going to be double covered. I think Cup, yeah. Cup's going to draw the double teams, and and uh, he's going to be open more. Um, and I also think that with Stafford being around the Rams a lot more, he'll be a bit more confident to spread it a bit more. Because last year, whenever the Rams got in trouble, it was Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. Um, with a slight sprinkling of like getting Shawnee Mich- Sonny Michelle or someone to just run straight into the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So um I think I do think that he's got he could have a, a really big year, certainly bigger than what he's he's had last year in Chicago, but that's not really difficult. <laughs> okay. I, I mean you flipping the coin slightly because you've kind of been asking me for the past couple of, of uh rounds, we'll say, what would you where do you think somebody like Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be this year? New team, new quarterback, and and a quarterback that's just lost his main threat as well. Um, I think he's going to be second in targets after Travis Kelsey. Yep, um, which we'll we'll come on to no doubt. Um, it's hard to say. There's, I know their rookie's done quite well in preseason as well um, for Kansas City. And Mahomes played in the last game and he was sort of spinning it around to various receivers. So I don't know if Schuster's going to have a massive season, um, especially with Kelsey. I think Kelsey's now going to be Mahomes' safety net. It used to be Tyreek Hill, but I think Kelsey's going to be the one he looks for whenever there's trouble. Um, I, he's always had... That's the one thing I would say about Mahomes that I notice when I watch him if he isn't sure he always would find Hill or Kelsey. Now he's only got Kelsey. So yeah, well that's kind of where I was going for yeah. it. Will will the, the will the confidence come to Juju who it was brought in as the deep threat that of Hill. When Hill left, obviously Juju came in going, right, you're my gonna be my go my go right runner. He never had the, really the opportunity, I don't think, um, in Pittsburgh to be that guy because Ben just didn't have the arm towards the end. Ben didn't have the arm, and then I might be wrong on this, but he was at one point he was in the shadow of Antonio Brown. Yeah, and then I know that he's maybe not in the shadow, but Claypool became a big thing. Then Friermouth, the tight end, started getting loads of loads of targets. So. And those are just a number of people. I, I don't think, um, I don't think he did have the chances there. But I, I equally would, I could, I wouldn't bet my house on it or anything like that. I'm not 100 percent sure of this, but I wouldn't be surprised if him and Valdez Scantlin have similar amount of targets this year. Um, and and it's Kelsey that's got the most by a by a good way. Yeah. But um, I, 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 again, it's maybe like a late round pick. You would you would pick it for your bench, um, yeah. And then potentially he blows up, and you and you realise, oh, I'll put him in now. Mind you, that happened to me. Normally, I would have someone on the bench to blow up, and I put them in the next week, and then they would get injured in, within a quarter or something. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> After I'd lost the game before, um, 
The funniest uh, one that on. I had was when um, I was in the when I was in the I've got I'm on a Rams fan group UK Rams fan group one, and uh, my opponent had um, Jared Goff as his quarterback because he was a very big Rams fan boy. This guy, and um, the funniest win I've ever had was I had a terrible week, but Jared Goff um, until like the end of the fourth quarter, but just going into the third quarter, Jared Goff had minus points. It's such a bad game. <laughs> anyway, wow. Uh, and I think I, I think I won something like 57 to 35 or something. It was such a bad Oof. week. <laughs> wow. Um yeah. Um yeah, so wide receivers have you, I mean, do you sort of view the ones that I've kind of brought up as 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 reasonable shouts? I mean there's a yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, I genuinely don't think with the maybe like kind of top 25 uh, wide receivers, they're all going to score you points. Especially if you're in a, po- in a points per reception league, you are going to score points with them because there's just so many good receivers uh, in the league at the moment. You've got, obviously, we've kind of covered Cup, Jefferson. We've not even touched on Jamar Chase. You've got C.D. Lamb, you've got Stefan Diggs, you've got Keenan Allen, and that's just the top 10. Yeah. It's not even all of the top 10, and you're still going and going and going. Um, one I would definitely, and it's a little bit of bias because of hard knocks, uh, Amra St. Uh, Brown. Yeah, I, I had him last year. have an exceptional year. year this year. Um, it looks like he's going from strength to strength. Um, I'm interested... Because there are two quote unquote good wide receivers in Denver now, one is going to come out on top at the end of the year. From a fantasy point of view, they're not going to be neck and neck the whole way. Where you've got Cortland Sutton and you've got Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. One of them is going to have a good year. Yeah. Now, a lot of people are thinking it's going to be Jerry Judy, but there's reports come out this year that. Um, Russell Wilson has a bit more chemistry with Corlin Sutton. Both receivers are kind of coming off injuries from last year. They both picked up injuries during the season. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a worry pick. I, me personally, I picked Jerry Judy. That's a, a, a fanboy pick. Um, I think he's going to be an exceptional talent. But is it going to be this year? I just don't know. Um, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with DK Metcalf this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got what Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Yeah, I, what a combo. I, actually, I had him in my keeper league and he was one of the ones I kept, but I kept in previous seasons. But this season, I let him go purely because he doesn't have the quarterback, I don't think, to be because essentially when you keep when you're in a keeper league your first round goes when you keep someone and then your second round, your third round. So you're allowed three keepers. But to keep DK Metcalf and lose a second round pick, I don't think it's worth it. He'll be available later on if I really want. I, I don't think it would be worth it. And and uh, if you're talking about a dynasty or a keeper league, I, I would have thrown him this year. I, I would. Um, I get why you kept him last year. He had a, a all right year. Mm-hmm. Um but again, he had, he had Russell Wilson as his quarterback. You've got Geno Smith and you've got Drew Locke this year. I just don't see the production coming. No, no, I, th- I think I, I don't see it myself either. 
Um, and I'd stay, I'd probably, based on what I saw, I know it's pre-season, and the two series I saw of the Atlanta Falcons game, I'd stay clear of any of the Falcons receivers, except maybe Kyle Pitts, just because of how good an athlete he is. Um, although he's he a, will, Pitts will get open. Yeah. It's, it's just a case of whether the quarterback can, can actually him. get him the ball. Um, I actually, here's a, I know that this is off piece, but here's a, here's a, I genuinely believe Cal, Calvin Ridley is going to play and start a game before week 10. That's my prediction. It's um, not a bad shout. Uh, either either because, and I hope this doesn't happen because I never wish this on anyone, either because Mario is going to run too much and get himself into trouble and get injured, or he's going to play so bad that they just want to see the rookie. Um, I mean, if Mario... Do, I'll start that again and try and use English. If Mariota doesn't play well, the fact that you've got a rookie there that is really unknown... The fans will want to see him, if not the front office. Yeah. So the, the coaching staff just won't have an option. He'll get to week nine, week 10, and it'll be like, no, nah, we need to see where our money's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We've actually not talked about, we, well, we did mention uh, we did mention one of the, the, there's not many much Bills talk at the moment. Uh, <laughs> apart from I, the it's, strangely enough, no, but I mean, you it, could have, I genuinely think, You've um, got the Bills have a top 15 player in all categories. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, I mean, you're probably not. If you're unsure, just pick a Bills player. Um, <laughs> if, if there's any left. Yeah. Um, right, okay. So, uh, speaking of Bills players um, and moving on, um, tight end... Um, Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox, I think, is definitely... It's not your premier tight end that you're going to go for. Um, no, but he is He is a guy that's going to give you production. Yeah. He's not going to be blowing it off the, car, off the carpet. Where did that come from? You know, blowing it off the map uh, every single game. But he is a, he's a player that might win you a round. Yeah. He'll have that one game where it's quite tight and he'll push you over the top. Yeah, I mean, just I just sort of brought his stats up just now. 587 yards isn't bad for tight ends. Um, I mean, it's not Kelsey numbers. It's not... Nobody's going to have Kelsey numbers. Um, but it, it, he, had, he also had nine touchdowns. Yeah. So, you know, there's 54 points. Did, your season right now, depending on how... Did he not get injured last year? Um... I think he maybe did. Um, I think he only played nine games. Yeah, I think he also had rushing yards as well, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, no, he played fifteen. He played fifteen games last year. It was the year before he was. He missed a bit of the season. So, right. um, but yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty good tight end in Dawson Knox, I think. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we've mentioned Kate, uh, Kelsey. Um, and it's now bothering me because of San Francisco. Oh, tight ends. Kittle? Sorry? George Kittle. Yeah, Kittle. I, I don't know how that, that left. That's another one who might have a bounce back year as well. I, I, I've just spotted, I, I don't want to call you up, but you said Kyle Pitts earlier on as a wide receiver. No, I said as in terms of receiving. for. for oh, okay, I'll let you off. I'll yeah. let you off. And, and incidentally, um, you'll remember the, all, the around the NFL podcast where someone tried to be cute and put Kyle Pitts in as one of the top five receivers in your 
receiver room type thing. Um, and he got, they got, she got called out, and I can't remember who it was. But <laughs> you see, did you say she got called out on it? Yeah, it was it was a guest, um, and they put a vote out, and she came last because Kyle Pitts isn't a receiver. Um, although he's got the hands. It wasn't Connie Fox, was it? No, it was it was like Mina Kimes or a, a guest. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, just while while we're on the subject of San Francisco, I realised that we did miss out Brandon Ayuk as another wide receiver bounce back candidate that you might want. Potentially, to. actually, yeah. Um, but um, we've been, we've done wide receiver, so let's not go back to that again. I just thought I'd mention it. But yeah, I mean, apart from if you can get George Kittle or Kelsey in one of the in one of the maybe the third or the fourth round, well, take George Kittle or Kelsey. But Dawson Knox, uh, Kyle Pitts, if he if if he falls a lot, if you are looking, um, and uh, Fryermouth from from Steelers, I think would be a good pick if you're if you're struggling. Um, I think those yeah, are, I mean, are good picks. I th- no, I, I couldn't. I I won't um, question you on any of them. I think um, Schultz in, in Dallas, he's got potential to have a good season. Um, especially with the potential for uh, Zeke not having a great year again. Um, and when you've got Dak, now I know you've got uh, Mary Cooper and, and a couple others that we... Mary Cooper's at- Browns now. Sorry, sorry. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, um, CD Lamb. CD Lamb, sorry, yes. Yeah. Th- they've got threats downfield, but... Even if it's just a, a, a bump right to, to the to the edge or a there's potential for point yardage there um in in Dallas, I think. If that uh, if Dak's able to see the field like he has in previous years. Yeah, yeah. Um right, well tight ends I mean, as I say, it's few and far between that you get elite level tight ends. They're getting better, but I think it's not. It's not as a uh, strong a position to pick from necessarily. No, but I mean there are there are household names out there. You've got your David and Joku. I, you know, I I know it's a Browns player. Mm-hmm. Got a Browns player that right this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. but he's he's if you even know a little bit about the NFL or even dabble into it, you're going to know the name. You're going to know the name Darren Waller. You're going to know the name, know the name uh, Dallas Goddard. There's, there's a lot of Mike Gesicki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, Tua's going to have to start using the weapons that he's got out in Miami. Gesicki didn't have a great year last year, I don't think, but the year before had a breakout year. So maybe you know there was a little blip, and he's going to come back strong. Um, if Seattle are going to do anything this year. They're going to have to rely on Noah Fant a lot. I thought thought that was a good acquisition from that Denver trade. For you know, I I felt that it was a bit of a loss as a Denver fan. Um, I liked Noah Fant. He made up. He did make a couple of mistakes, but he got yardage when we needed it, as opposed to when we wanted it. Yeah. Um, but on the opposite side of things, it gives Albert, and I'm not going to try and say his second name, Albert O, a big a potential for a big year because there's not those two tight ends now. They're going to have to rely, if they're going for a tight end um, play, it's going to be through Alvaro. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how 
how Noah Fant fares with with I mean he's probably in an ideal situation with Geno Smith because Geno Smith is safe to a fault in the sense that he'll dump it off a lot. Um, so you know maybe maybe Fant will get more action than potentially he would have got if he stuck around with Russell Wilson. Yeah. But moving on to kickers, I think the obvious one, if you can get him, is Justin Tucker. Uh, oh, I was raging. I didn't. <laughs> I was raging. Missed yeah. him by three picks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I am t- I'm taking a kicker this round. I'm taking the top-ranked kicker, and nobody would take. I was raging. Um, obviously, um, last year, I-, I did quite well, because I got Evan McPherson, um, or McPherson. Uh, they were pronouncing it McPherson on all the the media, so I, I, I kind of accepted what they said. Um, but I got I got him, and sometimes, despite the fact they got to the Super Bowl, sometimes I found the Bengals team were quite good at getting field goals and not not necessarily touchdowns. So I... Mc, and McPherson kicked I don't know how many game winning field goals he kicked, but he was some. Oh. It was ridiculous. He was some player for them. So um, if you can get McPherson, McPherson or McPherson, as we would say in Scotland, uh, then get get him. Um, and uh, the other one I would I would also back quite strongly is uh, is Matt Gay from the Rams. He he again had a lot. My of, kicker. Yeah, he had a lot. Of, he had a lot of last minute um, game winning field goals as well, but. I was going to say, I, th- I think the kicking game's actually coming on. Like, I thought a couple of years ago it was like very, but they're becoming a lot more consistent, I think. Um, that might just be a, a poor take by me. I just feel you've got Tucker, you've got McPherson, you've got Harrison Butker uh, in uh, Kansas City. Obviously, you got Mike. Uh, it's Matt Gay, isn't it? Not Mark. It's Matt Gay, yeah. Matt, yeah. Um, Nick Folk in New, uh, New England had a bit of a dip year last year. He made a, I missed a couple of, of, of big kicks, but he's a, he seems quite consistent. Uh, Tyler Bass in Buffalo, McInnes, uh, sorry, McManus in Denver. Um, now, he's no Matt Prater, but he's definitely somebody you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Praetor's a little bit older now. Um, you've got Blankenship, you've got Graham Gano, Robbie Gould. There's a lot of now, there may be household to us because of um, Dan Hansus from the ATM podcast having his kicker club. He draws that into conversation. So, we, you, know, you and I might be quite familiar with the names that we're brandishing about at the moment, whereas others, if it's especially more casual fans might not. But I mean, there's probably what nine or 10 kickers I've just named. Now, fair enough. I had them in front of me, but it's still names that I recognize going, okay, I can put him to a team. I know what team he's on or he, he was there and now he's moved. It, having somebody that you can go, I recognize that name, which means he's either, absolute horse manure <laughs> or yeah. he's done something yeah <laughs> yeah i mean the, the, there is the there is the old the old faux pas that you you know you remember the players who have some of the worst plays or the 
the the dinks off the bar or whatever, but um, or the double yeah, doinks, the double doinks, all that sort of stuff. I mean, in terms of blanket chip, I do, I do, I love blanket chip just because of the look. He's brilliant. I, he's a great kicker, but he reminds me, and this is a little bit kind of, I suppose, um, self indulgent, but he reminds me a little bit of the kicker version of Colin Stewart that we used to play ice hockey with, just with those goggles on. Um, this is a guy who played ice hockey with goggles on because he, he couldn't wear clothes. Oh, Rambo, that's um, terrible. But um, you know, I, I think it, I think it's excellent that you know how good he is a kicker. So good for him. Um, but I still think if if he's if he's there, I'm picking McPherson first um, over, uh, except obviously if Tucker's there because Tucker's. I mean, we talk they do talk about in the ATN quite a lot, or Dan Hansis does. Tucker is a Hall of Famer. Ah, no question. Yeah. He's the only one on that list at the moment that I would go put him in. Yeah. Um, right, okay. Well, I don't want to drag the pod out too long talking about kickers because that is that is really ATN's remit and uh, we'll leave them with it. Defences this year. Um, Bills probably. Um, uh, Rams probably. Uh, Pittsburgh are always a good defence. Um, and I think well, that- is, on the on the list that I've got in front of me that I have been referring to and through my draft process as well as for for the pod, the uh, Steelers are only twelfth, and this is from uh, rankings from fantasy writers. Uh, it's the ESPN one I've been using. Um, Steelers only 12th. You got Bills one, Bucks two, Saints three, Packers four, Colts five, 49ers six. Is that based on people picking them or is that based on like PFF scores or? That is, it's the writers picking their number one, number two, number three, number four. And then it obviously, you know, it goes to the average on the side saying, so for the, you know, the wide receivers, or we'll go back to the kickers. Um, Carabell had Tucker number four. What is he on? Yates had him one. Uh, Cockcroft had him one. So he's he's got an average of one point six. The one with the lowest average goes to the top. Yeah. Um. So your uh, Cowboys had an average of eighth during their picks, but they actually came out as the seventh overall. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, it's there's what five five writers that have all put their picks in for ESPN. Yeah. Um, I I just like the like because we use the ESPN app, so I like using their writers because it's all the same point. Uh, you know, uh, average draft position and things like that. Yeah, yeah. You find the one you like and you stick with it. I mean, I, I tend to just uh, when I was doing draft rankings, I tend to look at the same people all the time, Bucky Brooks and and that and. Uh, Oh, good old Bucky. Yeah, and 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 that ilk. Um, I um, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I can't argue with writers who who that's their life. Um, oh, you, oh, you can. I, I do think I, when someone puts Justin Tucker fourth, you probably can. It's my point. Um, I do think that. I also think with the defenses, you know how we we do it. You've also got to rank them up against their offense. Because, for example, the Detroit Lions this year, I think, are going to have a pretty good defence. But how many times are they going to have short fields because of their offence, potentially? Um, 
And it's a, it's a point I actually wanted to bring up. So I'm, I, I feel yeah. like I'm second to the party, but I'm glad you did. Like, you know, the Bills, for example, you could say their defence isn't going to be with top five, but they might not have to be because they might not be on the field that much. Exactly. Um, at, at, or if they are on the field, they're going to come in with better field position. So they might not give they might give up three as opposed to seven. If the ball's starting on the halfway line, there's a better chance of it being seven or even eight points rather than if they the, the Bills have marched it down the field and then had to punt. They've got the ball to the halfway line, but then punted. The ball's going to be on the two or the three-yard line, hopefully. That's then got to be a 97, 98, 99-yard drive yeah. for points to be converted, as opposed to maybe a 50, 60, 20-yard, if some, you know, I don't know if the Geno Smith kind of get the ball at his own half. I don't mean to lump on Geno. I just, uh, a little bit background. The guy, there's a, Stuart that I used to work with has, he and I have, have shared an account. I shouldn't probably shouldn't be saying this, but shared an account for uh, Game Pass. He's a, a Seahawks fan. I'm a Denver fan. I've loved this off season and he has hated it. Yeah, but he probably loves that Super Bowl more than you do. So, um, which one? Swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Wait, wait, which where, Super Bowl are we talking about? Because the one where the most famous photo is uh, is, uh, is Peyton Manning looking over his over his shoulder. <laughs> oh, was that was that the Super Bowl that they threw when they should have run at the two yard line? No, that they, that was. A I'm good... joking. I know because we've both got one. Uh, yeah, recently anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, defences, I think, yeah, way up with the offence is, is the way I see it. I mean, I do genuinely think that the Detroit Lions potentially have more sacks this year than they had last year and, and be a better defence. But do I think I trust their offence enough to not put them in really rubbish positions quite a lot? Um, no, <laughs> it's the answer to that. So same with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, until I see it, and I don't think that, you know, want to pile it on, um, their offense. They had a terrible coach last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I want to see it from from them before I before I believe it in terms of their their offenses improving and what have you. Yeah. And their defense might be tasty, but I don't trust it to not be in bad positions. Um, so yeah. I agree. I mean, I I took the Chargers' defense. Um, it, there wasn't a lot of them left. I, I took it because of the field position argument. I think Herbert's going to get them in decent position a lot more than poor position. So there might be yards given up, but hopefully there'll be less points. Yeah. I say that, as a I, again, as a Broncos fan, yeah, that division is absolutely stacked this year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I, well, it's, it's interesting you, you're saying that about them. Um, the... Uh, uh, the, the Chargers, of course, have also had an extra year with Brandon Staley coaching them, um, who we, we saw what he'd done with the, with the Rams' defence, and that's why he got that job, essentially. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I know this is, a, is bold, but I could, I could see them winning a, a playoff game this year, which I know is shocking to everyone. Um, well, I, I, no, I agree with that. I can see them winning a playoff game, but I can also see them not making the playoffs. That well, that division's ridiculous. You know, it's it's 
the AFC West is 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 the the hardest division in football, in my opinion. Um, and uh, and I, I could see them winning it, but I could also see them coming fourth. And yes, I could say that for all the teams. I mean, I I don't think Kansas City will could will come. I don't think they will come fourth, but they could if they don't have a good year. You've got Vegas, you've got Denver, and you've got the the Chargers all banging down the door now. Yeah. I mean, last year, Denver was a bit of a joke, but the Chargers were stepping forward, and Derek Carr was moving into a better position. Vegas have now, for some reason, started to get their act together a little bit, and I know we're slightly digressing from what we were talking about, but any team could either win or plummet that division this year it's ridiculous yeah yeah right okay well it sounds like we've we've, we've talked about our fantasy picks you've talked about getting the chargers I, I think if the bills are about I'm going to grab the bills um, and we've talked about why I've uh, if they were about I would have had them yeah um, now just quickly before we go on to the uh, to the to the who we think is going to be in the Super Bowl and who we think is going to win the Super Bowl um, I'm declaring it now for anyone that's watching. Um, my new sort of darling team, who is not the team I support, but are my darling team, is in fact the Detroit Lions. I'm kind of falling in love with them a little bit. I've not even watched Hard Knocks, but I just want them to do well. There's something about them I just feel they need to do well. Um, and uh, so that's my team this year. Anyway, um, Super Bowl picks, Kenny. Who, who have we got in the Super Bowl? Uh. I can't see anybody except the Bills, and I know it's an easy choice. That's fair. It is such an easy choice to make. It, it, it's all, it feels like I'm cheating, yeah. but they are the team to beat this year. They just are. Um, yeah, well, the, the Bills, Bills in the Super Bowl, who would you think might make it from the NFC? For that, I, I, I feel there's a lot of potentials but nobody that's really standing out uh i think you you know that side of the 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 league a little bit more than i do um just what you know the teams that we support we obviously look look at different sides who who have you got um well it's a tough question i mean i do think the rams could find themselves back there but it's very very hard to do that twice um Strangely, um, I'm kind of thinking that it's going to be someone like a Green Bay this year, maybe Tampa, um, one of those two, um, and maybe the those are the ones I would say are the, the more favourite teams mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, I think that the 49ers will be good this year in that division, um, but I just don't trust them in the first year with a, a, a sophomore quarterback. Um and and obviously, I think Seattle are they're out of it. I don't think I think Arizona is too dysfunctional. The Cowboys are choke artists. Um, I'm sorry to say it. Maybe the Eagles would be a sort of a bolter. Um, but Connie I mean, Fox, I love you for that. Yeah, I, I think the Eagles could be a bolter. I just I've, there's a there's a feeling behind the, about them about the way they play. Um, but yeah, I think I think you could see like a, a Green Bay, Tampa, maybe Rams, and yep. and possibly possibly as I say, the, the Eagles being at bowler. I just don't think Dallas will will manage to not choke. Um, and I think they've got a pretty good roster. 
Uh, <laughs> but um, in the in the AFC, apart from apart from the Bills, um, the other uh, team that I could see doing it are are are, are um, sorry, the other team that I could see doing it is in fact the Chargers in terms of talent level alone. Um, yeah, but I don't. The problem is that it's a mental thing for them. Are they going to get over that? But the AFC is. I mean, this is a great thing about the NFL at the moment. The NFL is not a, a totally predictable product. No, um, you know, even Indianapolis, they've got a pretty good roster. They've got Matt Ryan who can sort of. Game he, I mean, he's he's a competent quarterback. He's yeah. got he's been around the league long enough that he, with the right roster around them and all firing, there's no reason why they couldn't. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But if, you know, like uh, Philly a couple of years ago, if the stars aligned for them, I could see them going on a run. Um, I could see the Chargers, yes. Um, the team that's annoying me this year that I've got absolutely no idea where I want to put them is the Ravens. Not a clue. Yeah, me neither. It's funny we've not really talked about much about the Ravens, um, and the, the I think they've got a really good roster. Good roster. They just don't know what to do with them. And and Harbour's a he's a great coach. There's no doubt yeah. from it. And Lamar Jackson is he's on a contract year, <laughs> and you know he's he's in a weird position where he's essentially doing what Kirk Cousins done. Yeah. Um, and he's gonna he'll be franchise tag, which will make him a fortune. The, and if, then if, if he has a good year, then the, you know, the, the next contract will come and it'll be through the roof. Yeah. Um, I, there was I, I, one other one I wanted to speak to or ask you about, which was Washington. Now, obviously, I, I appreciate that's kind of maybe a little bit further, maybe a little bit further down the pecking order. What are you making of the commanders this year? From what... From what I understand, the straight face. Come on now, professional. <laughs> um, well, first and foremost, people should know that back when I first got in NFL, I kind of followed the commanders under their old name, um, the football team. So at that time, because you might remember this, you might know this or not know this, but when I grew up, there was a team at the under 12s ice hockey team in Kirkcaldy, yep. the same as the Washington team used to be named. Um, I Largely support them because I loved Robert Griffin the third coming out of college. Um, and then I kind of gradually just fell out of love with them because I wasn't at that point, I wasn't really a mad NFL fan. I was just well, I was an NFL fan, but I didn't have a team. And um, and the and the reason I kind of eventually decided the Rams are my team is because they were the first team that my grandfather met, met the cheerleaders off, and that was his dream. So they made his dream come true. Um so <laughs> so, um, so that's my nice story. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole side story. Um, the the commanders this year, um, uh, I don't think are going to take command. I think is the is the is the long and the short of it. Well done. I well don't done. think Carson Wentz um, is a I good quarterback. Car- Carson Wentz should have went to the bench um, a long time ago and uh, and become a backup. I don't think he's a starter in this league. I think they're going to wish they traded for Jimmy G instead of Carson Wentz. That's what I think is going to happen. Yep. Because I don't think they've got a terrible roster. I just don't think they've got a, a calm, cool presence at quarterback that can even, you know, who might make some mistake. I think he's erratic and I don't think he's going to, they're going to do well because of that. 
Yeah. I mean, two players that we haven't actually mentioned through fantasy that I think could have good years fantasy-wise would be um, J.D. McKissick and uh, Terry McLaurin. But that all comes back to exactly what you've just said. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. They were saying that he was inaccurate before pads and he was inaccurate on a post. So how is he going to cope when he's got, you know, big monsters breathing down his neck trying to sack him. Exactly. And in fact, my understanding is at one point, Montez Sweat was chasing him at training, telling him to run into, um, to, to throw the ball away as he was chasing him because it was training. Yeah. And he essentially ran out of play. And so that would have been a, obviously been a sack for Montez Sweat. But Montez Sweat was trying to coach him as he was doing the drill. Yep. So no, I, I just can't see um I just can't see that see them finishing any. I think I think maybe I honestly think they might might not be the first overall pick, but I think they'll be somewhere in the reason five wins this year. And it would surprise me if they get any more than that. I think at one point at one point they will upset the Cowboys. They'll take a game off the, the the Giants and they'll win a couple other games, but I don't I don't think they're gonna they're gonna be anywhere near the top of that division. No, yeah, I don't know why you brought them up either. I just <laughs> uh, just I, I think maybe it's uh, obviously with the change of name this year, there's been talk about them, but I've not heard really anything positive. Yeah, I will give. So it's more to get your take on take on that as like yeah. From somebody who maybe does know more than I do, but also dips into random teams now and again, as you like to do. Um, if that was one of the teams that you dipped into, yeah, well, it was, and I'll tell you, I will give him one one bit of credit. The black jersey is very cool. Yeah, no, that is quite nice. So there you go. There's a, there's a piece of positivity if you're a Washington fan um, I mean you probably turned off during that that escapade before it if you are a Washington fan probably um, so Kenny just before um, we, we wrap up because we, we this is certainly going to be the longest podcast I've recorded out of the two I've done so far um, <laughs> it's, it's not like us to ramble no um, just give us a little, give everyone a little bit of a Background of uh, Collins Wellness and Coaching, your 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 company and and what it does and uh, how you can help people. Uh, so yeah, I I own Collins Wellness and Coaching. There are two facets to the company. There is the coaching side of it. Um, I as you can kind of see from my emblems round, I'm uh, either sponsor or help to coach. Um, a, a number of, of different teams, um, a, a team close to your heart. We've got the Steel Queens uh, who I, I helped to, to sponsor their, their training costs and have been their goalie coach for a couple of years. Uh, not recently, but that's due to other kind of commitments, uh, work and such. Um, I was also a coach and the off-ice conditioning um facilitator for Colin Grubbs goalie camp this year have been for the past two years uh, he comes across and does uh, a goalie camp in Dumfries once a year uh, for me it's the best goalie camp in Britain 
um, as well as now I've got a uh, uh, an agreement with the Kirkcaldy Ice Hockey Club junior goalies, their junior development system, um, their goalies. I'm now going to be their off-ice conditioning coach for the next uh, upcoming season, as well as sponsoring a couple of uh, individual players for uh, the Swifts and the uh, Kestrels. Uh, the so that's kind of the coaching side of it. I do training programs. I do one-to-one -one, uh, personal training as well as uh, just released a brand new stretching uh, or 16-week basic uh, stretching and flexibility program, which is available via my Instagram page, which is at Collins Wellness. Um, the other side of my uh, business is the wellness side, which can also come from things like stretching, yoga, etc. But from a, a nutrition site, um, I work very closely with a company called Herbalife, who uh, are the uh, number one brand globally for meal replacements and uh, protein solutions. Um, so I work uh, with them. I am a, a distributor supervisor for them, uh, which helps a lot of people with their fitness goals but also with the, the wellness and weight loss or weight management or weight gain um goals and achievements and daily habits and lifestyle cool and uh, the swifts is that the ember keithen non-league team or if i've got that wrong? yes uh ember keithen uh they train and play out of the dougherty bay leisure center all right, so they're they're in Dalgetty Bay rather than than Inverkeith. Yeah, so they're they're the Inverkeith and Swifts, but they they uh, play their their home games uh, in Dalgetty Bay, uh, which is quite obviously with my other line of work, I um, manage a pub within the bay, um, so they're quite close to me. Um, and what the the player that I'm actually sponsoring is actually an ex member of staff for us as well, um, so I I help to facilitate his uh, training uh, costs and shirt sponsorship for this year. Cool, cool. Well, um, one of the things I've been getting into, I don't know if you've been following the page or the Twitter, but um, is, is going to some non-league games. Uh, it's cheaper to get in, and quite frankly, there's less songs that do my head in. <laughs> against football fans, they love singing. I just, sometimes they drone, because I've got funny... That's exactly what it is, yeah. Um. But um, yeah, I've been going to, going to that. So I've seen Broxburn Athletic a couple of times and I've, I went to see Livingston United. So uh, maybe I'll get across and, and catch the Swifts in action um, at some point and, uh, and see that as well. So um, Kenny, it's been, it's been great to, to chat to you. Um, I think, as I say, we, we did have that Podbean episode that didn't quite make it anywhere. Um, but um, hopefully this one, um, everyone's enjoyed. Uh, as I say, if you want to leave a comment, good or bad, uh, please do so but as I say it's only my third podcast so please don't give me one star reviews at the moment um, <laughs> well they might with me as a guest yeah um, if you're going to give one one star review at least say it's all Kenny don't have him back on um, <laughs> thanks and then uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully catch you guys um, down the line um, and I'll be back uh, next week at some point um, or later on in the week with um, our, my review of Festival 2022 so thank you